We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to um, Happy 2024, people first. HB post game show of the year. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. With me today, supposed to be Lou. Lou said maybe. It was supposed to be Coach Lou and the interim Pablo, but it's just Pablo. Can't find Hey, you guys. How you doing? So, so, so frustrated tonight. You know, it happens. Pablo, you sound a little sick. So yeah, I don't know. Shout out to Pablo for um for for toughing it through. But listen, we have a post game show to talk about the Heat. Um, I don't even know what to call it. They lose to the Clippers, one hundred four to one twenty one. And um, listen, Miami showed a lot of fight in that first half. We'll talk about the whole game. Um, kind of kind of go through it, Pablo. Let, let's start with the zone because. The way that the kind of way that this game went was Miami. Miami started off shooting really hot. You got activity from Lowry. You got activity from Tyler. Bamps playing really well. You have all these guys that are moving, shooting, grooving. Kevin Love comes in. They're playing great. The zone really took the Clippers out of their offense early. They didn't really know what to do. They were turning the ball over. They were just getting you know kind of contested threes and weird times in the shot clock. And the game progressed, and I, I think the Clippers, <laughs> I don't think, I know, they solved it uh, pretty quickly by pretty much the second quarter. They were working the ball in and then kind of working it out. They were doing like an in-out, getting to the corners. Norman Powell hit threes on every corner and was absolutely murdering them, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. That's, to me, the tipping point of the game, and that's when Miami just really had no more options to stop the Clippers. Yeah, and it's... Like how you said, the Clippers like figured out how to beat the zone, and that's that's thanks to Tyron Lue. He's been known as one of the best in-game adjusters as a coach for a while now. And once he figured out that zone, it was just it was like it was GGs for the Heat because they refused to go to something different. I just they they stuck to the zone and they they got 
they got um what was I gonna say? They my bad G. They 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 got um they got completely bamboozled. This is what I was trying to say. They got bamboozled. The is, in, instead of switching to a man to force them to drive a little bit, they kept letting them shoot corner threes and they kept hitting them corner threes. Chat Santa put you in jail. Uh, if I had a if I had a jail graphic for two screens, I 100% would put you in jail. I, I gotta I gotta I gotta pre-prepare one. That's all me, chat, <laughs> for not being ready. Yeah, absolutely right about Lou. I mean, you could kind of tell that you know they they it was kind of funny because I see Miami go zone and you know the Clippers were just not ready for it early and, and I was just like it's weird for a team not to you know as well coached as as the Clippers not be ready uh, for really the Eric Spolster special, but. They they kind of they kind of did what they did. They kind of worked the ball from the inside out to the shooters, and and obviously the Clippers shot the ball really well. The next problem that presented it because Miami went to man, and just Harden started frying them. Like everybody was, even Bam got a little. Everybody was just getting fucking cooked by Harden. I felt bad for Hyman. It was a real welcome <laughs> to the NBA moment. That man showed him the works, bro. He he Harden was on tour. And he took he took Hyman with him, uh, gave him all the little tricks to rip through the 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 stop and go, the change of acceleration. Man, unfortunately, that man still has it. And yeah. and Pablo Miami's man just couldn't. It wasn't even Paul George, although Paul George used this is true. He used Jamal Kane as a toothpick a couple of times. <laughs> it's just when it came to guarding Harden, they would throw two at him and. That just let, that would just leave someone wide open, and and Harden is too smart of a player to not to to just pass it up, you know. And then Paul George, he did it in that in that third quarter, especially he was just torching torching us from three, and that's also thanks to the zone. And when it, when we went to man, Kane was getting bullied around, Kawhi was getting to whatever spot he wanted. Same thing with Harden. Even Norman Powell was taking everyone off the dribble, and it just goes back to our very bad point of attack defense. <laughs> Especially on a night like so, they're missing Jimmy, they're missing Caleb, they're missing Highsmith. Those are your three most important perimeter defenders, and I think the Clippers are arguably the most important team to have those guys against. I mean, even guys like Norm Powell, he he's just like cooking high. I mean, he's just cooking people, yeah. bro. He's just going to the, going to the. I mean, you know, and, and they just didn't have defensive answers, you know. And that's with Miami getting a ton of free throws because typically you could say like. Oh well, you know their offense is just so anemic that they're just not getting, you know, they're not getting the ball in the hoop and they can't set their defense. This was not a case of that. They were able to no. kind of set their defense, and it just didn't matter. They just got fried, bro. They got, they got the Clippers. The Clippers, I think, oh, Eric Reed said it in the broadcast. They were shooting sixty percent through like the first forty minutes of the game, and. How do you stop? Like, there's games like you can't just you can't stop it. They're just they're in a groove, you know. But you're you're completely right. Bam got to the free throw line like almost every time in that third quarter. And that's and, the second game in a row that Bam, because Bam had a ton in the Utah game too. He's been really aggressive on this road trip. And and it's just not leading to any like we. There's no point of scoring so many points if you can't stop if you get can get stops on the other end. And tonight it was just the defense that gave up. Because scoring-wise, outside of Hero and maybe Lowry, we weren't that bad scoring-wise. It's just we couldn't stop the Clippers Bro, scoring. Bro, Bam had the most James Harden-ass stat line ever. He had 
he was six for 17 and he scored wow. 21 points, 15 rebounds. How many free throws he had? I think he had like over 12, he had, right? He had 15, I believe. Uh, yes, he had, no, he had 13 free throws. Yeah, he, he was 13. nine for 13, 69, nice percent. Um, yeah. he hasn't shot the ball that well from the free throw line. He had he struggled in the Utah mm-hmm. game as well. Hopefully, it wasn't that bad today. I mean, 70% is like it's like the bare no, minimum. Man. It's yeah. a bare minimum. I think you want like a high volume free throw shooter. I mean, Dwayne, I believe Dwayne kind of shot 70% of his career. Well, what regardless, um, you know, Miami kind of found some stuff with Bam in the mid post, kind of what I've always wanted out of him, kind of that Amari Stottlemyre one dribble away kind of thing. I was worried, and, and I don't really think it happened, Pablo. The one thing I was worried, because Bam was just cooking Paul Dr- He was cooking everybody. The guy I was worried about them putting on him was Kawhi, and I do mm-hmm. think that, like, ever in a playoff series, if Miami ever makes the finals against the Clippers, that could be an option because Kawhi just – Bam has an okay dribble. It's not yeah. that good. It's good for a center, and it's good for what he needs it to do. But I think if you put a guy like Kawhi on him, that could absolutely nuke that. He had a couple turnovers, you know, when Kawhi came to help. Strips. Strips. Yeah, just things like that. I'm not here to criticize, man. I, I loved the game tonight. I mean, he was aggressive, and I like that they found that. Clippers did not really have an really answer for him. solve it. I mean, they, they did a lot of preventative stuff. Miami was running a lot of sets, right, mm-hmm. to get – they'd kind of run the screener, and then they'd run two guys off. And then the Clippers would either switch that or they had to like account, they had to hedge for the guy coming off the, the, the double screen or whatever. And that worked for a lot of the game. It got love deep positions. It got bam positions. It got Jaime positions like isolated or whatever. The Clippers, I thought was another good adjustment. They were just very preventative. They weren't sending two at shooters. They were kind of having a guy drop to make sure that bam is not going like, you know, by himself where they have to kind of scramble and help. So that was kind of another aspect of it, Pablo. But you know, real we'll close us close out uh kind of the thoughts on Bam. I mean, he just he played a good game, and I just think the Clippers just out talented and out solutioned him. It's just outside of his shooting percentage, you can't really ask for more from Bam. And I, I feel like he wasn't used to all the double teams he was getting after the third quarter, that adjustment, because in that third quarter, he was just taking it up on whoever. The fourth quarter, he couldn't get to his spots the way he wanted to, so it it would leave shooters open, and we weren't we just weren't hitting. So like we're we're getting open shots out of the Bam double teams, but we we couldn't buy an open bucket. So I think that's where in that fourth quarter the game just got out of hand. Bam. The other thing about Bam was like he, you know, he he's not used to seeing doubles the way the Clippers were, were throwing them at him. And it's just interesting because he's never been that kind of scorer, especially on a night yeah. when Jimmy's not here. So I think positive that Bam was able to do that against such a good defense. The negatives is that I think you kind of see how capped that is offensively because they just ran out of gas. And really, like, Bam went into the revolving door of DHO at a certain point when he couldn't get to his spot on the floor to isolate. It was like, okay, well... And and I and I don't disagree with this by Spo. I mean, Spo sat Kyle for pretty much the whole fourth, and without him and with Tyler giving you nothing, their pick and roll game was just atrocious, right? Yeah. So in reality, like they just had no way to get into spots on the floor, 
And it was just kind of Bam doing that. Bam kind of doing that. And I think the Clippers, whenever they switch stuff, it was absolutely. And I think that's why you saw in the second half, Duncan didn't play so good. Um, you know, they were they were kind of defending screens better. They were switching some off-ball stuff and whatever. So kind of rough night for him. Um, Tyler, bro, absolute. We just, you know, no show in the second half. I mean, he and Kyle, I'll, I'll group them together. After having such a good first quarter, you know, just absolute no shows in the second half. I mean, I don't even know. I don't think. I don't think Kyle sco- took a field goal in the second half. I don't think he did anything. I think he just ran cardio. He just out ran there. around, bro. And and sure. Tyler did not score in the second half. No, he um, did not. So he both rebounds. Kyle did have two back to back turnovers on trying to force the same entry pass on Kevin Love twice, and, and I, I just don't really get why. Forcing an entry love to Kevin Love is that important um, when you yeah. just turn the ball over? But regardless, Tyler, you know, is the more upsetting part because he's the guy that you're just like, okay, well, like, you had a rough game in Utah. You bouncing back? The answer was no. Nope. In the first half, he looked good too. Like four for six from three in the first half, he had twelve points. And then coming into the second half, you you would think he would keep the hot shooting going. You know, we need that. We need someone outside of Bam to score. And I just feel like he got scared or something. Not scared, but, like, he just didn't feel comfortable getting to his spots. I just – he was taking really bad force, like, fadeaway uh, mid-ranges. And, like, some, someone in chat said he he's not trying to create contact of the drive. He would rather throw up a, a random floater instead of trying to drive in and get to the free throw line. And I feel like that's just – I was just like ball game from there. I just feel like once once Hero started playing like shit, like yeah, Bam could like get to the free throw line, but Heroes is supposed to be our main scorer when Jimmy's out. And he just didn't show up. It's just unfortunate because you know you kind of need him to, to be that guy in these situations. And he's having such a good scoring year that you're just like, okay, like can't and now here's a really good defense with a lot of length. And I do think that's like a part of him. Like he struggles with length. Right, like anytime PG or, or Kawhi switches on him, that's like not a good matchup for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by and by the way, like Zubak got in foul trouble. You know, Bam did a great job of that. And yep. that's like when you know, you know, and, and I thought they did this well in the first half. You make sure that Tice cannot survive on the court. And I think I tweeted uh, when Zubak picked up his fourth foul. Um, I, I tweeted that they're plus twenty the Clippers with Zubak on the floor, and they were like minus twelve or something with Daniel Tice on the floor. And I believe Tice finished as a, a minus eight. So he improved a little bit. That number's just not big enough, bro. In 16 minutes. I mean, Thomas Bryant in three minutes and 22 seconds was a minus six. He was a minus 10 at one point in like two and a half <laughs> minutes. Then there was like a, a three and then a, a steal or something. So like, you know, you get the, you know, you get the guy that you need to be on the floor and you don't target him enough. I thought that you could go at him more and drop, make your get your shooters involved. That's a good spot for Tyler to get involved. Mm-hmm. Just didn't have that, and and that's the thing. Like they don't have like he's not good at finding his matchup. That's like a Jimmy thing, right? And and yeah. that's listen. Even guys like Tatum, I don't think are that good at like finding your matchup. It's not like a thing that everyone's good at. But man, today was a night that you really hoped that he could. You you would think that with the both big men on the Clippers being in foul trouble that at least one of Tyler Hero would, or, like, let's say Lowry would try to get the, the switch or either give a dump off to Bam or drive in and try to force the foul because, the, damn, 
10 years. That's yeah, crazy. The, he, the, for, for context, uh, the, he'd haven't beaten Kawhi in 10 years. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's crazy. But no, but got- Pablo, to your point, like they ran like early offense, like in pistol and the Clippers were switching some of that stuff. That's how Kevin got those mismatches with Kyle. So like they were trying to do that, but it was like, well, try other shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. don't run the same play back to back. It didn't work. So I don't know, man. Frustrating altogether. But you know, don't you don't don't you think like if Hero's on the floor, he should if he's off rhythm, get to the free throw line. That's what most he can't get to that's, the free throw line. I mean, that's like not his game. Like that's like the problem with him, right? Like that's like the thing that we always ask. It's like can't and and again tonight, like where is that supposed to come from? Like 
You got to beat your guy off the dribble. Yeah. And he's not doing that. I mean, fucking, bro, Duncan did it to Paul George. And that was really funny. Yeah, but 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 Duncan did it to Giannis. He's doing it to, like, but Hero can't do it to, like, not even to Russell Westbrook he was able to. Like, there was one play where Westbrook just bodied him. And then I just, I, I don't know, man. I just. When and, Hero and plays, I see I just, chat saying, like, Kyle's coasting. You know, and I don't think it's coasting. I just think no. that he's 38 and the Clippers are long and scary defensively. And they were showing bodies every time he got into the paint. And it was just kind of hard, you know, like, yeah. and that's the thing that I think the Clippers do really effectively is like those guys that stunt at the nail on drives, they're fucking huge, bro. It's like Paul, this is like kind of like a, they're like the anti warriors where like, even though the warriors like a couple of years ago were like so good on defense. They had a lot of guys that you can kind of target, right? Yeah. And the Clippers don't have a ton of those guys, right? Like Westbrook's one of those guys, and I don't think Miami went at him nearly enough. Tyler couldn't get by Westbrook or Harden. That was concerning. And Harden. 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 That was, was concerning, bro. So Somewhat known as a bad defender. Like a negative first step. Like um, Again, and that's where Jimmy helps you too because, like, Jimmy's a guy that will target Westbrook, that will target Harden. Um, you know, get those guys in space, you know, like, and also like provide, you know, like Caleb too. like, I think yeah. as much as I like Jamal Kane and I thought Jamal Kane gave great minutes, just not good enough. Like, that's the kind of thing. It's like Jamal Kane for who he is played. Well, you yeah. cannot ask like a guy like Jamal Kane to do. Well, he finished with uh, Jamal Kane finished with nine, nine points. points, you know, yeah, like three four for 12 rebounds. from the field, one for four from three. Didn't have a turnover, which is a miracle. Um, and like, it. it's like, what do you expect? But like, if that guy's Caleb, okay, well, Caleb, yeah. you can expect, like, Mac, you know, can, can you give us a two for five from three? And then, like, kind of like some stuff in the in between there. Like, there were times every time Jamal Kane like went inside the arc, like, a lot of times bad stuff happened. Yeah, he's not a. And he tried. Can... I appreciate the effort, but it wasn't not like his night for for that. He's he's not an off the dribble threat whatsoever. Kane, that's that's the one thing that is different between him and Caleb. Caleb can drive in on you. He can put the ball on the floor. Good finish as well. Kane cannot. I don't. He's athletic. He's he can fly, but three and D wise, that's really that's his niche. That's his role, you know. He he's not there to come off the dribble and and score like Caleb is. So it's just for what Kane can do, he did he did pretty good. But somebody says Jamal Kane is super athletic, but he missed a wide <laughs> open layup. He did, he did. I mean, four for twelve, bro. Like you you have Jamal Kane shooting twelve shots, you know, like bro. They were out talented tonight, like, and that that yeah. became apparent in the third quarter. I, Charles Barkley always says it's like you know there comes a point in a in a in a game where you just know the other team's better than you. Yeah. And that was like one of those moments uh where you're just like, yep, well, this is uh they're just they're just better. And uh it, it kind of I think when the game got to 16 and, and, and it was like, yeah, this is this is just done. And like the Miami Miami had like a mini run. I think they pushed it to like 11 or something. And then I, it's like we all knew that's it's like it's going to go back to 15 or 20 or whatever. And it did. And then the the Clippers blew it open. So I mean, the Clippers are a great team. I think that they're a possible like championship kind of team. And and again, Miami, it's another night. And again, on a night where you don't have your three most important wing defenders, in reality, two starters because it's either Caleb or Highsmith that's starting. Mm-hmm. 
you you know you you can't beat another contender. They don't have like a win against a contender yet, so it's a little frustrating. Um, it's I see a Miami team. Phoenix seven eight six two asks. Giancarlo, you think they should try more inverted stuff with Lowry and Kyle with Bam to get the mismatch rather than running DHOs? The issue with that, and that's like something that Frankie always like wants them to do more of. My thing is like I don't really trust Bam's handle at the three-point line. So it's like you can run like a pin down off like a curl or something, but then like I don't know, it's just easier to get like Bam isolated. Like they can run. I think their better bet to get those mismatches is to like run a handoff. And if a team is like gonna switch that, then you post Bam up, and then you just run another action to post him up. I I would like them to sprinkle some of that in, but in reality, I think the most bang for your buck off the off the inverted stuff is with Jimmy, because Jimmy's gonna get the switch he wants, the matchup he wants. I also don't mind when they do some of that inverted stuff in horns. When you know a wing is the one that's handling, and you have like Kyle and Tyler both screening in horns, I like that look for them a lot. Or I actually really like when like Kevin Love screens on one side, and then one of the other guys, you know, Kyle or Tyler or Duncan screen on the other side. I love that look in horns a lot because you get a lot of the big popping and the small rolling, and I think it's interesting. Jimmy will sometimes screen in that kind of set as well. Um, so kind of, kind of. Those kinds of things I'm a fan of. I get why they don't do it with Bam more, but it's something that I think they should look to explore a little bit just to get like some variety. Probably you would maybe. think you would think they would try to get Bam more involved, but w- let's think in like Miami Heat. What would Bam try to do? He would probably <laughs> fade away they, or look for a exactly. Handout. Exactly. Like you can run that with with Bam, but like, do you really think Bam is gonna take advantage of his size, of his finishing ability? I think that's good in transition. I think when he's bringing the ball up in transition, and you run early offense where like Bam's in like semi transition, and you run like you know, okay, like Duncan screens as Bam's coming up, and then Duncan flares out into the corner. Maybe maybe like Love or somebody else like screens the screener uh, off the off the flare. That's something I like because then Bams already has a little bit of a head of steam, but I don't like like from zero to like three point line to restricted area for Bam. I don't know if I trust that at like at volume. I think you can yeah. sprinkle it in, but it's the at volume for me that I worry about. I think that's a great question though, and it's something that we've that like Frankie has been like clamoring for, and yeah. I think Siobhan as well. I don't want to put words in her mouth. I, I believe so. But yeah, so just you know, an, another another one in the books. Um, another uh, another one in the books. I agree, Phoenix. I, I do think they should try a little bit more. They used to yeah. do it with Duncan, but a lot of times what they'll do is they'll have like Duncan screen and like the in the paint, right? So he'll set like a low screen and like yeah. kind of like kind of like an inverted what Tony Parker and Tim Duncan used to do, where Duncan would set that like low screen and Tony Parker would kind of come off and go through the middle. They'll kind of like flip that and have Duncan do that, and then Duncan will sprint to a corner. Another thing that Miami does kind of inverted, and they, they do it against the Bucks a lot, is that Bam will go from one side of the court to the other, and Duncan will screen in the middle for Bam to kind of come off. So his man is trailing when Bam catches the ball. So like if Kyle's on the left wing, or, or whoever's hand, the point guard, or whoever's on the left, on, on the on the left wing, and Bam's on the right. Bam will kind of come from right to left 
and Duncan will come through the middle of this and then kind of pick off Bam's guy, and then Duncan will sprint to the corner. That way you get motion. The entry pass is away from that action, and Bam's man is trailing. And then when Bam starts to make his move, Duncan's man has – Bam could see that help come, like, in front of him, right? <laughs> so that's, like, they do some of that stuff. That I, that I like because it gets Bam in, like, his – his best position. And if a team wants to switch that, because if some, if like Giannis or like whoever is guarding Bam is like late on that. And then they're like, just switch, just switch, just switch. Then you get, then you get a mismatch. And if not, and also Duncan's like sprinting. So you don't want him to be loose either. So if somebody else has to pick up Duncan, cause they're worried. Cause Kyle can make a cross court pass like that. Or if Bam gets the ball, that's an easy pass to Bam as well. So somebody has to come in and then that's one pass away from a guy on the wing whether that be Caleb, whether that be Tyler, whether that be whoever. So it has to be like more just interesting stuff. So, but yeah, guys, so that's a, you know, that's a tough loss. Miami's lost after winning four in a row. Miami's lost two straight. So losing kind of some of the ground they made up in the Eastern conference, I believe that they're fifth or sixth now. Yeah. They're fifth. Yeah. New York, is half a, New York is a game back. Uh, Indiana's half a game back. They, the Indiana has not won four straight. Uh. I don't know how they beat the Bucks today. I mean, I have Dame three for sixteen. Not much better than Hero, but I mean, New York picked yeah. up a, a big win against Minnesota. Win. Yeah, Huge I mean, my, again, Miami doesn't have a win like that. And it's like you look at their best wins, and it's like the Lakers at home, and eh, the Warriors on the it. road. The Warriors on Maybe the road. The Warriors aren't that good. You have Orlando on the road. Orlando's like a kind of good team, but it's like, yeah, man. So I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> So Indiana at home, you know, it's like whatever, you know. Uh, and then they but then lose they lose with back to back. Yeah, the heat are confusing right now. The heat are confusing. Chat, chat, saying Orlando fake. Orlando is a fluke. Do you mean the win is a fluke or Orlando's a fluke? Orlando's good, man. Orlando's been coming. They're they're on the come up. I don't think they're ready yet, but I no. think they're a good team. I think that's a good win I, in Orlando. I don't think the victory was a fluke. Just because we played great defense on them and we forced them to shoot. Oh no, they're saying Orlando's not good. Uh, Orlando, um, they're young. Yeah, Orlando's they're, they're decent. They're good. They're good. Well, I just yeah. hope we get a win against the Lakers now. You know, maybe if we win this game, who knows? I mean, maybe that can be a statement win. But without Jimmy, without Caleb, the Lakers on the road isn't a statement win. Are the, are the Lakers below five hundred? I think they're seventeen and seventeen right now. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. It's just. We have to be someone like. Do you know the only reason Pablo knows that the Lakers are seventeen and seventeen? Why? Because the team behind them are the Warriors, who are fifteen. I know. I saw a post today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But um, the Heat just tonight. First half was promising. Second half, not so much. But that's that's gonna do it for us. Listen, we had a crowd at one a.m. One it's yeah. one twenty three on January second, twenty twenty four. Um, I have work tomorrow, so I think we're I think we're gonna call it for the night. I love you guys, repping my squad, top of the top of the motherfucking table. They won today, right? They won today. Liverpool beat Newcastle, what should have been six to one. I want Darwin Nunez in Guantanamo Bay. Didn't didn't Salah miss a pen? Yeah, but he's not very good at pens. Yeah, are you? Yeah, and it's uh, we're about to lose our best for for those for those for the uninitiated, I'm a Liverpool, uh, football club supporter and uh, our best player, Mohamed Salah, 
about to go to play the African Cup of Nations. And for some reason, well, not for some reason, because it was too hot, they're now playing it in the winter in the middle of the English football season. And we're about to lose our best player. Imagine losing Dwayne Wade. <laughs> Uh, by by the way, Mohamed Salah has an argument to be like the best fucking player in the in the Prem this year, and uh, we're about to lose our best player for like a month to go play his little fucking international cup. And we're also losing, um, we're also losing uh, Wataru, um, Endo. I'm about to call him Hendo, Endo for this for the the same for an Asia Cup. So we're pretty fucked. Regardless, top of the table, we're back, baby. <laughs> Uh, we're so back. Yeah, we're so back. City, city's uh, city. We're. I feel like every time I talk about Liverpool on this podcast, it's like the happiness. It's like the little. <laughs> it's like I'm chasing. It's like I'm chasing the Heat's misery with the litter Liverpool happiness. Yeah, but it's sometimes the opposite because Liverpool will have like some weird fucking results. Like they tie against United at home in Anfield, and it's like oh, this sucks. But then the Heat went four straight, and I'm like, oh, you know. It's, at least I have the heat. That, so, you know, <laughs> they alternate like when they're good and when they're bad. So it, it kind of again it, it chases me a little bit. Oh blood. Oh, oh man. Uh yeah, Kyle <laughs> U comes in chat and asks, Miss the game. Did we win? Um, depends on what you define as winning. Cause <laughs> you know, we're all here another day healthy. That's a win, I think. It's a win, I think. Uh Phoenix. But- uh, Phoenix asks, uh, do you have a conflict of interest with soccer and basketball? Because Kyle's wearing a Messi jersey. Uh, I hate Messi. Uh, it's my conflict of interest. I fucking hate that guy. He also asked, how would you recommend someone get into soccer looking for a new sport? Listen, great you ask. Liverpool is top of the table. You start watching <laughs> right now. You get a Peacock subscription. And uh, you fucking watch us. You watch us hoop, baby. Let's join it. We will never walk alone. That my, Liverpool is like literally the Miami Heat of the EPL. It's, it's the heat of the Prem. I'm telling you, like Jurgen Klopp is the Eric Spolstra of the Prem. I'm t- just just fucking hop in. So wait, so that, who's the talent hero of Liverpool? Probably Darwin Nunez, who I want. Darwizzy, baby. Darwizzy, who, who I want in Guantanamo. So yeah, we have a we have a new fan. You'll never walk alone. Uh, I will send you all the the club history notes. And with that, my friends, I will leave you tomorrow. Tiff and Bon are hosting a pod tomorrow. I think um, I have the day off. Hopefully, I I see my. Hopefully, I test negative for COVID. I've been testing negative for a week. Hopefully, I get my final negative COVID test so I can hopefully see my loved ones before they leave for the winter. Um, and uh, Tiff and Bon will uh, get you covered tomorrow. And um, yeah, love Bro. you guys. Uh, happy New Year! Happy twenty twenty four! Off to big things, lads. Let's go.